<laughs> hey guys, this is the behind the sermon. Let's kick it. Welcome to the Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors and hear about what they're learning, what they're teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Hey guys, welcome and thank you for tuning in today for this week's Behind the Sermon. I'm Pastor Colin. I'm here with uh, Pastor Jeremy Sorry, and Pastor up, hey. Nate. <laughs> Let's kick it. <laughs> hey, hey. I got my uh, receipt handed in just in time. Just the standard habit of trying to cram too much stuff into 35 seconds. But the receipt is in. Done. That's great. I always... No one, no one ever sees it, obviously, because this is an audio podcast. Leading up to filming the podcast looks like a stressful time for you. Uh, <laughs> I feel like every time you're like, all right, I just got these 10 things to do real quick while you're setting up. And then it's like <laughs> the, um, uh, what's that movie? Bruce Almighty when he's typing on the thing. <laughs> to get yeah, it it's because I, what happens is the way current technology works is I end up with multiple tabs open, multiple browsers open, <laughs> things happening on my phone, on the computer, on Slack, on email. And when I when I go to move from one thing to the other, so say, oh, I need to send an email, where's the attachment? And I'll go open File Finder. But sometimes before I ever get to File Finder, another notification pops up. And so for 20 minutes, I'll be working on something else. And then I'll say, what was I working on? <laughs> or from clicking yeah. to one tab to the other, I end up clicking every single tab, every single tab, every single tab. I'm like, what am I looking for? Oh yeah, Microsoft Word document. And I go to go down and open up Microsoft Word. <laughs> there's Honestly, there's got to be a better way. But I, that's just where I get stuck. I can forget in the second it takes me to click a new tab or to open what you were working tab, on what i was working on you know I they stuck there they say yeah. uh when is it the the most times you forget a task you're doing is when you walk through a doorway because your brain knows you walked into a new room and sometimes your brain just just like new room what am i doing in here <laughs> you're like maybe that's the same thing it's like a new tab is like a doorway is like a digital doorway sure. <laughs> so, sometimes i'll just be stuck like i don't know and I obviously I've done that with you guys before when you've been in the room. Like, I don't I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I, and part of it, like, I'd be really scared. Like, you know, I, I did have a, an uncle, like, get Alzheimer's in his 50s. Like, he passed away at oh, 55 huh. from Alzheimer's. So part of it, I should be scared, except I remember being, like, five years old. And having this happen. And doing the same thing, like, walking into the kitchen and just, like, why am I here right now? <laughs> Having an existential crisis. Yeah. And I just like, well, let me retrace my steps. And I'd walk all the way and like, oh yeah, I'm thirsty. And then go all the way back. Oh man. Um, I just remember something similar on that. Like I'll have like four email tabs open because I'll keep remembering, like, oh, I have to open up my email and send this email out. But like similar, like I would get like slightly distracted by something else or like a notification would pop up or something. And then I would open up another tab and be like, oh, okay, cool. And if I just send this email real quick and next thing you know, I have like four email tabs. And um, I even so do that stressful. with Hannah too. Like she like asked me to go grab a trash bag one time and I went downstairs and 
I don't remember what I did, but I came up and I was like, hey, like, how's it going? She's like, where's the trash bag? I go, oh, I didn't definitely not remember that. So I just, I feel that. Did I, did I bring up this? What, what is the, the TV show? Um, I think it's Malcolm in the Middle, the TV show. The, the dad um, needs to fix a leaky faucet. So then he goes over to um, the garage where his tools are. He opens it and like hears that the that the door handle's squeaky. So then he goes to get the WD-40, realizes he's out. He goes to drive to the store and the car isn't starting. And so then he's opening his car to try and fix it. And his wife comes home and goes, hey, did you fix the faucet? And he just goes, what's it look like I'm doing? He's in the middle of the car. Like he's ten tasks in. Like, of course, I'm trying to. That's how it is yeah. working with te technology. Oh, yeah, I 100% resonate with that. <laughs> you know, Michelle's like, hey, can you think you could hang this shelf? And I'm like, No. <laughs> like, but it's just like two screws. I'm like, no, it's a major project. Like I've got to, it's going to take me 45 minutes to find the level that works. <laughs> and then once I find that, then I've got to find the right screws and then I'm going to hang it up and it's going to be crooked still. And I'm going to be in emotional turmoil. <laughs> I need at least the six months notice hours. before I do this, <laughs> Michelle. <laughs> and I'm not, and yeah, I mean, so... I get, I get it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we're here now. The tasks are done. We're in, close out all your tasks. So we're yeah, in the conversation. By, yeah. Anyway, I'm like, what was I working on? I'm clicking <laughs> through my tabs. I'm like, oh, apparently this morning I was shopping for church chairs. Oh. In the 10 minutes from when we last saw each other. They, Yeah, they're still crazy expensive, I assume. Um, someone on a Facebook post this morning Posted, where do you buy your church chairs? So then that led me on this adventure uh, in the midst of trying to purchase something and send in a receipt. <laughs> so, uh, so I just yeah, ordered 5,000 chairs for every the location. The prices begin. So someone said, uh, this chair, they've got samples from all the companies, and this one was the most comfortable, which starts at $56.95 as like the base price. That's like the no... That's Frills model per chair, per chair. Oh my god! So we need. There are church chairs with frills. Well, yeah. If you think about like a <laughs> pocket. Oh oh yeah. oh! Uh, oh my the god! Casing the, underneath, where you the, can put your the Bible holder underneath. Yeah. What a rip! The uh, the extra wide chair. You can get eighteen inch. Yeah, but let's be real. Are those chairs connecting? You, <laughs> you, you get you, you know meet in the middle twenty and a half, but you could go for the twenty two inches. Maximum so, comfort. <laughs> we need how many chairs do we say we need? So we need 350 in Dover. We need at least 200 in Plymouth. Yeah. So we're at 550. We need at least 200 in Milton. So that 750, we need 200 in Bethlehem. So that's 950. All right. So let's do 57. Times nine hundred and fifty dollars. We need to spend fifty four thousand oh dollars in my chairs. Gosh. Um, wow. And we keep putting it off because it is so expensive. It's so much. Yeah. Uh, but like the Dover chairs, you know, we we steward well. 
what God has given us. Those chairs were bought in 1992. <laughs> yeah. And we just- There's keep... a reason our lights are so dim when you're coming in though. <laughs> 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 you can't see the chairs. Yeah. That, you listing that, like listing the pricing and all that, it's a prime example of, um, is like that uh, being in ministry, what people think it is. Yeah. And here's what it really is. Reality. I'm just trying to price out chairs <laughs> <laughs> and make it fit within a budget. What, yeah. Like, what's your prayer life? Like I'm just, <laughs> I'm just interceding. I'm begging God that we would have enough money to buy chairs. <laughs> but like all the, you which know, is a huge prayer. <laughs> yeah. Just the finances and the yeah. capital. You know, it's um, it's a it's a lot. Yeah, and I absolutely. think. I've been thinking a lot about our internship program, right? Because we've had a lot of people quit and there's another guy that I'm trying to get to be in it. So we texted this morning, hey, what does the internship look like? And so I'm just, from from now on, I'm being very real with people. And so I'm like, you need to give me a sold out year of your life. What does that mean? I'm like, your entire life lives and breathes <laughs> the internship. And then I'm like, um, so... The um, like a binding legal contract. You don't do anything else. What would it be? What would the type of things I would be doing as an intern? So here's what I wrote. I like you would be involved. This is like seven this morning. You'd be involved in many different things. Some days would be amazing. Some days would be repetitive. You'd be involved in things like the podcast, production, videos, graphic design, leadership, building, cleaning, helping watch kids, painting, learning to host a service, going to staff meetings and planning meetings, helping launch a new location, attending conferences, taking Bible classes, setting up for events, and learning any skills you want to. It's really a lot of everything the first year. It catches people off guard how hard we work and how much we expect. So try to get people to quit the internship before they start. Right. But like, I just think, you know, even if you're hired here from another church, some churches, it's, uh, I just sit in my office and study. Right. Yeah. I just study, read the books I like to read and mm. occasionally have a meeting, give some people some of my advice and, and there is not any hustle to it. Yeah. yeah. We're hustling, right? Yeah. And, and because we the urgency of the hour to use some 1970s church language. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. Just one more. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, cue into Sunday's message. It's, um, what can I sell? What can I do? How can I mm. rescue people? Yeah. And we're trying to do that and maintain healthy marriages, families, healthy souls, a healthy relationship with Jesus because yeah. there's obviously you can swing that the other way and yeah and do the and, and do it the wrong way. I mean, you know, with pure motives and which we have to check every day. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's also like uh, <clears throat> there's something about the way that we function and one of the core values we've had is together to where we don't have the luxury of I'm in this department, that's all I do, right? Like, I feel like that's when a lot of other churches, like when you have a large staff of a larger church, like if you're hired to be a teacher in one of the kids' room, you could have like a part-time job at a church somewhere and that's actually all you do. Like, I work on this, but it's like, no. So like, whatever, what are, what are we doing right now that that makes no sense, but it's just how we do it. Um, 
you know, working on a, a rebrand idea for U-Turn. I'm the location pastor in Dover, but I'm facilitating the graphic for that. Like, yeah. and it's just like, that's just one of the things. It's just how we're going to function. You know what I mean? Like, I, I like that. I like the fact that it causes that hustle because we're really connected as a church and as a staff because nothing's off limits and no one would ever say, why do you, why are you asking me to do that? Right. Right. If, if Colin was like, I have a messy room in Plymouth, Jeremy, please help me. I'd be like, well, I'll look at my calendar <laughs> and like, all right, I'll get there. You're asking me, you must need me. I'm coming. You know what I mean? It's, like that. It is. We talked last year we opened the year with this series deeper. And I, I don't, I remember that one of the topics was deeper community, mm. but I don't remember exactly what we talked about, but that is what you're describing is deeper community. You think about, you, you know, take the church examples, flip it into the home. When it comes time to do the chores, the kids are like, that's not my mess. I didn't yeah. do that. Yeah. I wasn't even home. Well, that's great. We're a family. We do the chores together yeah like it's not fun it's not but if we're all putting in and then we accomplish it together yeah. the, the you know some of the chores but then also we get to experience the joy of it again uh mm -hmm. you, you know like the family dinner oh yes you can only have the bread because that's the only part that you set up right so yeah. you get the bread the rest of us get the yankee swap ribeye yeah and <laughs> Yeah, no, that's you, you know, you know, we all work together. We all enjoy together. Yeah. We all reap together. We mm -hmm. all sow together. And yeah, anyway. So anyway, there's a little glimpse into. Yeah, I think something ministry. that also with that, like, um, like the relationships too that we all have, like where we can be like, well, I mean, I am in Dover, but I mean, if you want me to go to Plymouth, I can. Like, right. I can try to figure something out. I think that also plays a key role in it. Like how not only are we just um, one church and at multiple uh, different locations, but we also work as if we're still one church. And um, I think we're very cohesive with that. And I think um, even your vision with all of the staff and all of the um, core four and all of them, um, just like having the vision of um, like, hey, like we're friends outside of service. Like I think that's important to you to know, like we're not just, we're not just running just to make a Sunday happen look good, but we're also doing it because we enjoy doing it with each other. So I think um, that's another key part of it all. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I uh, so this week Vision Sunday, I was going to ask you because I was thinking about it because I and I don't know how everyone else worded it, but um, maybe accidentally because we have much faith in you and we and we think Vision Sunday is important. Is Vision Sunday a stressful, uh, like, leading up sermon for you? Like, just because it's something, it's almost like a scheduled time for you to tell us where we're going. So there's obviously a deadline on it. But then I was just thinking through service, like, we're trying to let people know how important it is. And so then we're saying things like, hey, Nate's, Pastor Nate's going to be revealing kind of what God's revealing to him mm -hmm. as our vision and I was just thinking as we were leading up to service, are we putting a, like a lot of pressure on Pastor Nate right now to unveil? Like, is that a stressful thing leading up for Vision Sunday? I, I, I think it encourages me when you guys are excited about it. And I think, I think um, for anybody listening, like I, what I always worry about is uh, this is church 
think I put them up to this. Oh, yeah. so when you're like, you know, I think you gave me a compliment that morning at volunteer huddle. Yeah. And I'm like, or no, you were praying for me during yeah. volunteer huddle. And I'm like, I always think like people think he has to do, like I told him to do that. Right? Yeah. So I'm always worried that people's. And no, are I did that with the worship or, team too. Yeah. Or, or disingenuous. Like, yeah. So that's the, it means a lot to me yeah. that you guys are excited about it and you care about it. Um, so I don't feel pressure. The only thing I maybe feel pressure about is what big exciting thing you're going to announce. And I'm like, well, that's not really what Vision Sunday is because one, we just mm -hmm. announced the fourth right. location. Yeah. And so not really going to try to top that. We ended up announcing the ministry opportunity in the prison. Right. Marilyn yeah. Taylor's been busting her butt to, which is um, so exciting to, to really cool. get to hope to start. Uh, but that was two days before. So I wasn't planning on, you know, let's announce our kingdom builders total, but really to be it now it's uh Hey, let's remind ourselves why we're doing everything that we've done. Why yeah. we're going to, why we're going to kill ourselves as interns. Let's try to remind ourselves yeah. why we're doing it. And so I like that. That's um, cool. I, my personality it's pure. It would feels, be. It just feels pure. It's yeah, just, that's good. Hey, this is what we're doing, guys. Let's cheer. Let's celebrate. Let's yeah. keep doing it. My personality would be so stressed by just thinking about, God, I'm going to need you to talk a little louder because I'm supposed to reveal exactly what you want us to do. Like, could you please? Yeah, and I don't like, think I said anything specific, no, really. Yeah, no. But you did set a tone. For us. Yeah. And I think that's what was really great. And we've heard from a couple people. I'm not, and he's not putting me up to this. I'm just going <laughs> to say things I liked about the message. Um, but we even talked with Timmy, like, man, this message got a little bit of everything. I laughed really hard. I bawled my eyes out. Like, <laughs> we went through this, like, all right, we're on a journey right now through this message. And I, I just loved how it's set up. Yeah. I, I think this is a message that, we're going to be resharing and working through throughout the year. Um, I just feel like the way that it all went down was so good. Even adding that video clip and working through mm -hmm. everything, just it tied in, had every element of something that was really memorable. Yeah. And so that was just really cool. I don't know how, how that went for the Plymouth location or the Milton one, but um, I know here in Dover, there was a lot of that reaction. Like you hear a lot of people crying at the end and working through all of that. And so I just think that that was really gifted for you to, to send us through that. Cause that's not easy to just talk your way through an emotional like story that helped me get behind it even more. Yeah. So Yeah. Listening. So kind of gearing up for vision Sunday, I listened to a podcast from the um, Maxwell leadership podcast. Um, and what they were talking about was the importance of vision casting and like why, like as the people who listen to the vision and run with the vision, like why it's important. And um, one of the, I don't remember their name, but um, he had mentioned that, like he asked his team, like, what are you doing to push the mission forward? Like, how are you specifically like making an impact to our vision? Um, and he, he's like, I asked, I, I put a little sticky note on their computer and they just look at that every day. And um, so, like, just thinking, like, now that you've casted that vision, like, now we're ready to run with it for, like, this year and, like, the years to come. Uh, and I think it's, like, really cool because my idea of Vision Sunday is not just, like, 
oh, like, um, I, I enjoy what you share, but I also, it gets me excited because I know that God is is ever so moving in this church um, and that we're, everyone's behind you and ready to run with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and even yeah. explaining that in kids' church on Sunday. So uh, I was like, hey, guys, like, today's Vision Sunday. Like, I just wanted you to know, like, and I kind of give them a little rundown of what this looks like. And so I explained to them even that, like, um, that you're giving the vision for the church for this year and that um, you're reminding us that um, the importance of just one more, um, of why we go after that one one more person. Um, and they, they, they were asking questions and, like, kind of, like, getting more into it, um, which was even cool to see that for the next generation as we come up to Next Gen Takeover. So um, I think it's yeah. really, I think it's a good, like, Vision Sunday is a good part one, and then Vision Sunday part two is like next and takeover as we see yeah, where true. we're headed um, as as a church. Did we plan it that way? Last year, I, I, do- <laughs> I double-checked because I couldn't remember last year. Last year, Kids Takeover was the week before Vision Sunday. That was part one. Yeah. Yeah. I like this way, too. I think that's really sweet. Yeah, it just worked. They, they needed more. The kids department asked for more. Uh, more time for A couple it. more weeks. They asked for March, and I'm like, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be good. Need I need us halfway. And um, yeah, we get more kids involved this year. Yeah. More kids and teens. And fun. I think one of the challenging parts in preaching is preaching essentially the same thing. Mm we talked about this at Easter and Christmas and Kingdom Builder series, yep. but Vision Sunday is another one of those. Like, all right, how do I, I'm essentially saying, saying the same thing. We're talking just one more. Right. Um, how do we <laughs> I like, now do this in a, another you way? You even texted, I have this, this video clip that I'm doing so I can save the other one I have. <laughs> I'm hanging on until I'm out of ideas with this well, illustration not out of for ideas, it. The right, R- the, the right, right moment. The yeah. Right so it's yeah, like, I've got, I've got one, one thing that God really wrecked me with. I don't know when that was 2017 around that. Yeah, and I haven't used it at the church yet. Um, because I've just been like hanging on to it. It's got to be the right event the right yeah. moment i just thought it was funny You're like i did this means i get to save this analogy for another year yeah <laughs> like, just trying to hang on to it yeah yeah i think that is a stressful time you know i you know what was reminded of me though when we had our um one of our coaches jeremy yancey around when he at planning retreat i i don't know if he did it when everyone was there but when we were talking he referenced the kind of the idea of repeating sermons and he and he was like you know, I always ask pe- preachers that want to preach something different all the time. Like, hey, what was your favorite meal at home? Oh, my favorite meal was whatever, taco night. Why was that? Well, because we did it every Tuesday. It's like, you liked it because it was so repeated because that helped ingrain memories and emotion into it. And um, you want to eat a good meal And you again. want to eat a good meal again. And then so he said, why are we writing some of our best meals only to serve it once? Right. Like yeah. we, we come up with this vision and it's this great idea that we preach it once and say that that's the only time we can. Very nice. And so he's like, no, the church needs some favorite meals. Like your church needs some favorite <laughs> meals, a sermon that you repeat, which is the yeah. potluck gateway <laughs> church, blessed life. Like it is exactly the same. I can't tell what year you preach. It is exactly the same. Yeah. And that church is like, what, 20,000 people. And he preaches the exact, the same illustrations, the same cadence. Yeah. 
It's unbelievable. Which would kill you. I, you I, can I, do the same topic, but you will not repeat the same. I, have a hard, I used to have a hard time repeating jokes between services. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I always felt like a phony. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. But I, but either way, I just think Vision Sundays, that's one of them. Like it had just one more is, has to be the favorite meal sermon or else like people who missed your in, initial sermon, right? The, that the staff watches when they get onboarded of the, we had the dogs in a burning building, right? You told yeah. that story. Like, oh yeah. Uh, Bethlehem's about to watch that here in uh, two weeks. <laughs> right. So we still play that. Right. And that's that whole idea of like, okay, we hit that one. That one summed it up in a way that really got our church sh like shouting just one more because they were yeah. like, holy crap, I love that analogy. I love that. And so I think it makes sense to keep finding new ways to to share that same thing. Yeah, we did have a request for the whoopie pie sermon again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't handle the weeks leading after that with all the leftover whoopie oh, pies. Just, My body we, can't handle yeah, it. Yeah, we just... Shop a little bit better. <laughs> I think we bought nine hundred whoopie pies or something. Something like that. So many. I Two just for each person. I just know me and another staff member ate like so many, so many whoopie pies after that. There's that reason. and the um the fortune cookie series. That was a nice one too. I had a good snacks. At the oh church. yeah, there was a, we did cookies. a series called fortune cookies, and that was um essentially things that we quote from the Bible that aren't actually in the Bible. Yeah. Um. And we did invite cards like, that were uh, fortune cookies. So when don't you let the door it, hit the you with the good Lord split you. <laughs> that Bible verse. I'm just kidding. That Bible verse. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> I love that phrase. <laughs> That's good. Either way, yeah, yeah. So it's a challenge to find those repeating, but you you did a great job. Did a good one. What, um, when did you watch the, when did you get the idea for the Shin, sh What's it? Schindler's last Lewis? year. So, you know, in my, some, an, another pastor used that as he used that. He talked about that scene in his message and he just talked about it. The guy hitting the car and saying, why did I keep this car? I could have sold this car. Oh, yeah. And it was just like, so yeah, last year I had it. So good. On my radar. Um, and I, you know, I forgot about that. I watched that movie, you know, in seventh grade. Yeah. Really yeah, I've never seen it. forgot about it. My kids are asking to watch it with me. I just haven't navigated, like, all the... Is it dark? Is no, it... it's just a lot of nudity, right? And it is because the prisoners oh. are naked. And Oh, I didn't... They yeah. went that far yeah, it into was... it. They tried to make it realistic. It hurts to watch. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, that's hard. So, but it's like, I, I think there's one... Kind of sexualized scene in the movie, if I remember right. But other than that, it's just um, a lot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But we'll see. Vision. We talked about that, right? Vision. The what vision does for us. Mm. We what it does for us as a business owner, what it does for our marriage, what it does for our church. We have to have a vision. Um, and I think the the stat, right? It's hard to pinpoint where it came from, but I, I did do some research to figure out. But anyway, just 
the next few years could see as many as 100,000 churches closing of mm. the nation's oh, 184,000 churches. Man. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah, I liked um <clears throat> I liked all, all the the ways that you went through even talking through like with your house and I know you had to like work through how v- the vision delivers a discount. You're like, "Let me let me explain that a little more because that might be taken. But um, that whole piece of like knowing what you're enduring for the plan in the future, like knowing what you're going through. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a lot of money if you have a vision. Right. If you get a vision for something, it's like, yeah, I just restored my car. It cost me $60,000 in 12 years of my life. Right. And, and, and they're like, but, but that didn't, that was not even a, have an eye that expense because yeah. right it was their vision for that what's car. the there's a um there's someone explaining like when you have a long-term view of uh, i forget when we learned it or if we learned it as a staff or if i watched a video of it but but taking whenever you view your life and you and you kind of span it out beyond the week at a time or even a month at a time if you saw like a graph of of good days and bad days. If you look at your week, maybe it's, it's huge. You know, line goes up, line goes all the way down. You have a bad day, line goes up and it just looks like, man, you're not going anywhere. Cause this week has full of all these different of how my day is going. But then if you can zoom out, zoom out, zoom out, all of a sudden you look at the, your life in the course of the five years you've been following Jesus, all of a sudden those, those up and downs, oh, there's actually an uptrend beyond yeah. the five years. Yeah, like and a be- five-year stock market. Yeah, ticker. like if, yeah, yeah. If you look at a stock market like day after day and actually react that way, you're, you shouldn't be looking at stocks, <laughs> right? Because that's stressful. Like, oh yeah, I'm up $150 in my Starbucks shares. And then you look, you're like, uh, negative six, negative 600. Like, I lost, I'm selling. <laughs> right, like this whole idea, like, but then when you zoom out, and I feel like that's kind of what it, when you give yourself the vision of, well, let me think, let me think about if this exact trend repeats. Yeah. Oh, I look at the six years. This is, this is a good thing. And, and a, that whole idea. A related quote is um, we overestimate what we can do in a year and underestimate what we can do in 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you talked through to asking Michelle, would you get paid a hundred thousand dollars to live this way? Yeah. Well, you are like, yeah. we're paying ourselves that to yeah. live this way. Yeah. Um, that really helped me think through, all right, what are the hard things in my life that I don't want to, I don't want to go through. I don't want to work through and then think through like, all right, let me have a vision for what the end result is. I think that you, you, you really taught that in a great way that helped me think through like, all right, if I think through the long term, anything, because sometimes I think the opposite, I can do anything hard for a short amount of time. Like that's always like when price, when house pricing was going up so much, I was talking to Haley, like, you know, we could live in a camper van for a year. <laughs> we could sell this house and, and make a ton of money and live in a camper van for a year. But obviously like houses aren't going to get cheap enough to make that useful. But I have like almost the the wrong way to think about it. Like, well, in the short term, I can do anything hard. So I'll make that decision. Well, and you're uh, kind of saying a little well, bit of the opposite. Like, no, no, on, I'm like, not saying the opposite. You had a vision of something greater 
which allowed you to endure something for the short term. Right. What you're talking about is yeah. what it is. Yeah. I can endure anything for I can endure anything for a short time because of the I know vision, the long term vision. Right. But you can't endure anything without no vision. So there's an illustration. I don't remember if it's true or not. Um but um they begin to pay guys above wage. I believe it was real, but but I was told it as an anecdote. I don't know if it's true. They begin to pay guys um, a uh, above market wage. So, you know, say right now, like $35 an hour to dig a hole. So all day, you just dig a hole. And at the end of the day, they said, all right, now fill it back in. And so then they got paid. The next day to show up, all right, dig the hole. And they dig the hole. At the end of the day, all right, fill it back in. Yeah. Well, after about a week, people were quitting because there's no purpose to it. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter. They were getting paid boatloads of money. Yeah, it's like this is the stupidest thing we're doing. Why am I? And it, and and so the money can't overshadow, can't. Up the purpose behind it. You have to have a purpose to your life. Yeah. And that's why some of us are so miserable because mm -hmm. every day we're just digging a hole and at the end of the day, filling it back in. Yeah. And that's all it is. Yeah. Well, that's not what, that's not what God calls us to. Even that's not what church is. Yeah. Right. And I think, I don't know about you guys, but I, you know, I've been part of Restoration Church just about my entire life. There were seasons of Restoration Church where it was dig a hole, fill it back in, mm. dig a hole, fill it back in. It was just the same stuff for no reason. Yeah. There's no yeah. reason why we're doing it other than that's what the Bible said to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Have a church service, sing five songs. Right. Have an altar call, cry. Well, why are we crying? Like, why are we praying for people? Like, it was just no yep. bigger yeah. reason. And I always, like, really intrigued me. You know, if you're desperate enough, you dig the hole. Because if you're desperate, your vision is, well, I got to feed my family. Right. Mm -hmm. I got to feed my family. So yep. your vision you have a personal vision that Even allows that you to, you to over-accomplish the, the crappy job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Greg Rochelle um, says that before God does something for you, he does something in you first. Like he changes something in. And I just think that it kind of applies here where we're talking through like the importance of vision, of where we're going, of how um, like ultimately if we're going to submit to the vision – um, of that just one more we're gonna it's an investment that we're looking for god to do something in us before we go out and look for him to do something um looking for god to do something in us before we expect him to do something for us uh, i think that just kind of like fits in pretty well with this whole like um idea of like as we're talking through the vision of that yeah so. it's good the one thing that is a that I always find hard about like having vision for my life or my family's life or even my ministry area. Um, you think through, you set up a vision, you set up goals, maybe even you set up a plan and then maybe either you had it, you had it wrong or it served its purpose that God had and, yeah. and the plan or vision has to change. Being able to pivot from that sometimes can be very hard. So like in me and me and Haley's personal life, like we put, we get visions and plans for our future. Mm -hmm. And sometimes things will happen that'll just mess those plans up. Yeah. 
And, you know, her and I had talked through the, even the previous weeks, like, how do we steward our lives well by having a vision, by believing God can take us places and not be so emotionally wrecked when God has a different plan? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, right. I think, one of the harder things of like, I know what's what's going on is going to lead to something greater, but it wasn't my plan and I had a vision and now it's ruined. You know yeah. what I mean? That's one of the things that I find the hardest. It's, op- it's open-handed living. Yeah. yeah. Open-handed living, which is hard because once, right, even if it's a God-given vision to us, we begin to hold it tight. Yeah. Yep. And then we don't, we won't allow God to, to flex on that. Yeah. yeah. So I think about like for me, I remember, I remember talking and praying and being single and in my twenties and, and thinking like, God, I, I, you, you know, I think, I, I think I would want to be district youth director one day, not have any, any ambition or anything like that, but just like, I think we could help. I could help more teenagers mm-hmm. by the opportunity. I remember 2015, where the longtime guy finally retired, and then there wasn't even an interview process. It was just like, yeah, this guy said, um, yeah, I'd like to do it, and so I'm letting him do it. And uh. I remember, you know, I was lead pastor at the time, but just like realizing, like that season of life is over. Like, I'm not going to have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. I remember crying about it, but it was like a dream. I'm yeah. like, okay, God, I submit to your will. Like, I gave up the dream. I've, I'm going to live out your purposes for my life, and I'm cool with it. Yeah. It, it is also, now, eventually, I became I was going to say, wait a minute. <laughs> you got was, it. <laughs> but that was, I mean, that was a year later. Yeah. And, and that was after <laughs> tears, and I'm just like, okay, I lay it down. And open-handed, like, let it go. Let it blow away. Yeah. And then I I, I talked, um, I used a pit bull analogy in a similar thing. When we, I got two pit bull puppies. I didn't know anything about pit bulls. So I began to read everything I could on them because I didn't want them to kill me. <laughs> um, and one of the do. training parts was give them, Give them food, give them a bone, take it away and replace it with something better. So take away the bone while they're chewing on it and replace it with food. And God does that with us. Mm. He takes stuff away and all of a sudden we start snarling (laughs) snarling at him, barking at him, growling at him. Yeah. And then he's got to teach us a lesson not to do that. Yeah. But if he takes it away, if we can learn the lesson, like, wait, okay, God. You took that away, but but you always get something else but in your other hand. Yeah. And just yeah. be patiently waiting, looking at him with puppy dog eyes, <laughs> waiting, and yeah. then see what he hands back to us. Sometimes he gives the bone right back to us. Sometimes he replaces it with a cowboy ribeye. Um, <laughs> and to be, to have like enough That's good. trust with him. I like that analogy. That. No dog ever attacked me. <laughs> no pit bull ever attacked me. None of your pit bulls ever attacked you. Oh, most dangerous dogs I know were the uh, ankle biters. Yeah, my friends, uh, Lhasa Apso, or however you pronounce that, Maltese <laughs> drew more blood. 
Uh, Colin, did you have something? I feel like you were about to say a story. In the- yeah, well, I was, I was going to share it. Um, it's kind of like a, I guess, vision when it comes to us and God. Like how I kind of picture it is like, yeah. it's like a coin where like the coin itself is still a coin to both God and us. But how we see the coin is is different, right? Like he might like like talking about your DYD um, dream. Um, like you, you wanted that. And so like how you were going to get there wasn't in your timing, but it was still his timing. And that vision was still something that was there. It just wasn't how you thought it would look. Mm. Um, so I definitely go through that a lot too, or I think, all right, well, this is the time, like, this is what I need to do next. And next thing you know, he's saying no. Um, and it's like, no, but this, and, um, kind of refocusing me and I kind of feel like, um, kind of like a, a little a little kid where like you have to like keep redirecting them where they like nope we're going this way like you have to like keep guiding them like um kind of like that like God's constantly doing that with us like even though we're walking along with him sometimes we can get distracted or we try to go our own way but God still kind of was like nope like this is what I still have planned for you this is this is the dream um that I want you to f- focus on um so just kind of like I just thought that was interesting mm. um especially with your um kind of like give him something better when you take away the bone. I think, I think I love that analogy as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then I think the added step of just being, being honest in it too, to to not grow bitter. Like, all right, God, this does mess up my plan quite a bit. I'm going to (laughs) cry. Like I'm going to just be upset right now. Um, I trust you, but I'm upset. Like, you know, I think. And sometimes we're broken hearted. Yeah. And sometimes it isn't God, right? Sometimes it is the enemy. Right. Sometimes, oh, yeah. you know, the enemy comes around like a little rabid raccoon and steals your bone from you. <laughs> yeah, but you got to trust God's ever story in his time. Yeah. He, he'll, he'll replace that. That's good. And sometimes it won't be replaced on this side of eternity. Mm. But because all dogs go to heaven. <laughs> it will. <laughs> As that sweet DreamWorks movie taught me. Or what was it? It wasn't DreamWorks. I believe it was a Disney no, I think that was that's one of those um, trends where we think Sinbad played a genie or something. What is that? I don't. I have no I idea do about Sinbad. The movie a little bit, but I don't know who made it. New Line Cinema. Know. It may have been Disney. Oh, I was wrong. Can't see the. It's hard when everything's still loading, and I know this is an audio podcast. I'm just trying to fill the air while it's trying to hang on. Hang on, hang on. A Don Bluth film. Oh, obviously. <laughs> MGM yeah, Kids. Wow. Yep. For them. They made a, a classic of our youth and then never did anything good again. Oh, wait. No, they did We're Back, the dinosaurs that are nice. That was a good one. The dinosaurs that are nice? I don't know that. We're back. A land before time. No, it was different. We're back. They have dinosaurs that come from the past into our time, but for some reason they can speak English. Mm. (laughs) I never saw that. It's great. Land before time was. That's my recommendation. That was a sad one. Which one? Which one of the The eight? The very first one. Oh yeah. The first one. Yeah. I remember Pizza Hut. No, um, the conversation is just getting good. We're not wrapping it up. I mean, we, how do you stop a conversation on vision? Welcome to today's three-hour podcast. <laughs> Part two. Yeah. That's so good. Um, 
yeah. Anyway, I remember when the Land Before Time came out, Pizza Hut sold had um the little dinosaur puppets mm. that came with it, but they were like hard as a rock. You yeah, couldn't like yeah. manipulate them at all with your little kid hands. Uh, our my generation had the dinosaur movie. McDonald's gave those out. Mm. I don't know if you remember the dinosaur movie, but they had like these weird plastic puppets that you. That you could use. I remember that. I remember the movie, but I never ever watched it. Dinosaur. Yeah, it's great. It's a great movie. You laughed, you cried. Um, anybody remember this song? Add this to our 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 <laughs> CD compilation coming out. Um, <laughs> everybody do the dinosaur. Yes. I wish I could remember the rest of that. Uh, it's it's open it up, get on the floor. Everybody, everybody do, do the dinosaur. Di- walk the dinosaur. <laughs> That's yeah. good, man. Classic. It was a night like this. Friday night, you do the dinosaur, you do the Urkel, you do the honeybee. That was great. That re that came out again for Ice Age. That's why I know it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did um Queen did uh, Balky Bartaka Moose? Did he have a uh, a dance too? I feel like he I must don't have. know who that is. You don't know who Balky is? Yeah. Perfect Strangers. No. Was one of those TGIF. Oh. Shows. Nope. Sasha. I don't remember. I don't want to say the last name, but I'm pretty sure that was his first name. <laughs> That's so, funny. Listen, any book recommendations from you, kind gentlemen? I don't. Simon read. Sinek has a book. Always start with why. Mm. So for obviously oh, for cool. any of our business owners out there, that would be a good book for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is a principle for us too. Like a lot of the things in the church that maybe you don't like, these usually a reason to it. Like there's a strategy behind it. Yeah. Um, oh, really? Why don't you ever return my phone calls? Well, well I mean, a strategy, strategy is self-care. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, you know, loud music, black ceilings, it's all part of reaching there's, just one more. We're yeah, trying there's to, a reason for there's it. There's that, that least churched, the, the statistically least likely person come to know the Lord is that um, young 20s male. Yep. And uh, so it's part of our strategy to there, remove there was another, barriers so they can hear Jesus. There was yeah. another per, uh, stat that I read that confirms that as well. Um, what was it? It was the percentage rate of an entire family. Um, yeah, if the dad comes saved, to know the Lord. It's like 80% chance the that the whole family will as well. That's cool. And so it's just that piece. That's why that's our that's our goal. Like make it make it something where they can encounter Jesus because then they'll help lead their entire family in. Um right before I walked on stage, one of the testimonies, dad is like handshake. Hey Pastor Nate, I got full custody of my kids. Wow. And he's like, it all started when you prayed when 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 we prayed a year and a half ago. Mm, that's and, so cool. Uh, yeah. So good. That's awesome. And uh, another book just talking through um, they, that talks a lot about vision for your life, getting disciplined for that is uh, that the Mark Batterson, Do It For A Day. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. he's got two books. Do It win For the A day. day and Win The Day. Mm-hmm. So those two. But then I always still recommend um, Atomic Habits. 
Oh yeah. That one talks Things through. St- yeah. Stop setting goals for yourself. Instead, set a vision for who you want to be and yeah. do those things. Yeah. Instead of saying like, I'll do 10 sit-ups. Like, no, I want to be a healthy person. Right. And he talks to like, how, that's how you set a vision for your life. Just for, if people hear it, because I know some people were like, that really gave me perspective and I want to figure out a vision for my life. And so if you are, I think those books would be really useful for you. Yeah. All right, right. guys. Thanks for the convo, the encouragement, and the love. <laughs> Thank you. Let's go reach just one more. Amen. Amen.